Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends in entertainment and baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm your co-host, Gina Brzao, s'mores obsessed and amateur baker at best. And as always, I'm joined by professional chef, cookbook author, and the creator of Bigger Boulder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Gina. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Gemma has a fun announcement, which you guys might have heard about last week, um, but if not, she's going to tell us all about the Academy today before we hop into our topics. So I just wanted to let everybody know about um, the new thing that we've launched, which is the Bold Baking Academy. Um, I'm really excited. We've been all working here on the team, working really hard, getting the videos ready, getting um, the website ready. And it's, you know, it's for those people who love uh, Bigger Boulder Baking, who want to delve even deeper and, uh, you know, to find out, like, no, you don't only get new recipes, but it's new techniques. And, you know, you also find out the, the reasons, the why and the how that we do everything. It's a place where you can, you're going to, when you sign up, get longer form videos. Mm-hmm. So it gives us more time to talk through exactly everything that we're doing and to show everything, which we haven't been able to do before because we do have time restraints. But right. here we can just like go on forever. So it's, um, it's just more detailed. It's even more baking. And also... Um, you don't only get, you get, when you sign up, you don't only get exclusive videos and recipes, but there's a lot more. You get um, access to the community. So the bold making community and um, who people who are part of the academy. You also have direct access to me and um, my team. So anytime, no matter what time of the day, <laughs> you we are there to answer, uh, troubleshoot, whatever it is, your questions. Like over Thanksgiving, we got pictures of pies and asked it. us questions about pie crusts and things like that. So um, it's it's just, there's so many different aspects that you can like enjoy about the Academy. There's community, um, there is... There's um, the chance to get to meet other bold bakers, really? other people who are just like you, who love to bake. So, um, so yeah, so I would say for anybody who wants to go check it out, um, go to academy.biggerbolderbaking.com and uh, check out. All the information should be there. It, you can do a monthly subscription or you can do a yearly subscription. And I have to say that I do think the reason we wanted to get it done this time of year was because we thought that would make for a great gift. So awesome. Just as something and like, unique. yeah, like something, a skill that you can like build on, you know, throughout right. the year or even if you just do a month. So, um, so I hope people take advantage of it. There's, um, a lot of people over there already and, uh, it's, it's really fun. So I'll tell you that in December, in this month, we, um, are doing special occasion desserts mm. and then January, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the year, but January we're doing Darn it. breads. <laughs> so, um, different types of breads, yeasted, not yeasted stuff. Um, you know, making, a making a bread with a poolish recipe which is like a, you're making your own starter to make your own dough but it's not sourdough <laughs> Gina's looking at I'm me like, like I, I don't have know two what that heads. is but I'll have to sign up to find out um but so like a lot of a lot of different uh techniques a lot of different recipes and stuff that we've always wanted to get into but I've never had the time to be able to uh to do it so here you know when you sign up for the academy you get long form videos right so we go with that little bit extra we go for longer we get more detailed Totally. And this is such a great element to Bigger Boulder Baking so you guys can learn more, dive in deeper. And I feel like it's so awesome to be able to reach you and your team and, you know, as they're going, if they have questions, they can ask you guys. So that's really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So check that out. If you have questions, you can always find Gemma on Instagram and she can answer further Mm -hmm. for you there. Our first topic for Hot From The Oven this week is all about food god. Now, do you know who food god is? No. What is Is this going to make me upset? No, I don't think so. Maybe. So um, Kim Kardashian's best friend, formerly Jonathan, um, he is food god. Stop. You know him? No. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. So he posted, I love looking at like all, I feel like on Instagram, you can definitely find like a lot of crazy. Oh my gosh. Accounts. Anyway. So he posted this recipe for the ube crepe cake and he called it the cake of the moment. Now I had to dive into what it was. I love crepes. Uh, So basically he mentioned that was from Lady M and then I looked that up and it is uh, New York City based, and they are most famous for. I'm going to say this wrong. Their signature Millie Millie crepe cake. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Most mm. it just, is it M I L L E? Yes. Uh, usually that's Mill. Mill like Millfleet. I knew that. <laughs> so that is what they're most popular for. Um, it's their French pastry technique uh, with Japanese sensibilities, resulting in a delicate cake. And I believe it was 20 paper-thin handmade crepes. And yeah. the ube, it, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is what made it purple. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first, have you heard of this? Have you tried it? What do you know? Hold on a second now. We're going to reverse okay, back a little first, bit. First, we're going back to food. So God, this I've, is Jonathan. I've, yes. Who's Kim Kardashian's friend. Friend. I used to watch the Kardashians, so I know exactly oh, who yeah. this guy yes, is. Yes, he's food god but, now. But I know I do I do remember, and I haven't watched it in years, right. but I do remember a while ago, like a few years ago, them talking about him posting food content on his Instagram. It's blown up. He has like a Discovery Plus show. Are you serious? Yeah, he got like a special um, all about his food oh discovering food i guess <laughs> um yeah i i yeah i don't have i'm not going to comment anymore on that but um okay good for him um, i saw the crepe cake and, and i just thought this looks amazing um i used to have a crepe maker and my dad would make his crepes a lot before school yeah delicious but then i'm thinking 20 crepes how do you perfect them how do you stack them so it doesn't just sink i don't know uh, you know, crepe cakes are a definite, like, crepe cake, I'd say, was of the moment maybe three years ago. I'm so late. I wouldn't say it's, guys. like, right now. Well, Jonathan said it was, like, cake, the cake of the of moment. The cake of the moment. Um, ube is also a flavor that was super hot three or four or five years ago. Um, what is so, the, how do, would you describe ube? It, oh, gosh, that's a good question. It's a little, it's a, it's a few different things. It's a little bit floral and a little bit zesty. It's actually, it's really lovely. It's really lovely. And the color was gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's this beautiful purple. Um, so I've used ube a lot in, actually not a lot, sorry, a little bit in baking. It is, I want to, I, I I want to say, so it's like a yam, but it's not a yam. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure ube is not a yam. Okay. But um, you cook it like an, like a yam and you get this lovely purple, like really dark uh, center. And you can make lots of different, you can make lots of different things. Right. Um, but the, yeah, so I'm sure I'd say it tasted good. What 
problems could you foresee happening with a crepe cake for someone who wanted to try this? Is there things they should look out for, be wary of? No, honestly. Um, so the one thing you, like you mentioned was getting all your pancakes nice and thin. Mm-hmm. So like that's important. But like an ube, sorry, a um, crepe cake is really easy to make because it's very time consuming to cook off all your crepes. I can't even imagine. <laughs> like it's going to take you an hour to Forever. cook off 20 yeah. crepes. Oh, for sure it is. Um, and then... You put you, filling in you between just do each layers. Layer. Yeah, yeah. So they probably had what I just mentioned there, an ube jam or something. Mm-hmm. So some sort of ube filling. Okay. And then they layer, you just smear it on and then you layer up pancakes. And so do you, this might be a dumb question. Once you layer all your pancakes and then the filling, do you then put it in the oven again to warm it or anything? Or is it sort of just complete from there? No, generally what you do is with a crepe cake, you assemble it. Right. And then you'll pop it into cover it, pop it into the fridge and let it kind of, oh, what's the word? Coagulate. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the first thing that came to my mind. Gemma's like, Um, no. Not coagulate. Um, You'd let it, like... Let the flavors kind of marry. The, Let it the, marinate. Mari- not marinate, Gina. <laughs> um, the crepes will get like the moisture from the filling, so they'll get softer. Okay. So you let it kind of like develop its flavors and develop its texture. So you leave it in the fridge for a few hours, even oh, leave, wow, it, hours. leave it make it the night before. I've done this before. I've recently with a tiramisu crepe cake. Oh and if you give it time, um, it's always better the next day. Wow. Flavor, texture, everything's better. And so it's good. And once it's in the fridge, you can take it out and it's ready to eat, to serve. So I was doing some digging on Bigger Boulder Baking and I saw that you have um, some different crepe recipes. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite go-to crepe recipe that maybe our listeners can look up and try on the trend of crepes on your own Bigger Boulder Baking? Yeah. Well, you know, my favorite one is in my cookbook. Okay. Um, And that is one like that we used to make in Ireland. My mom, so we used to... In Ireland, we don't have our, our pancakes are usually like you have American pancakes, buttermilk pancakes. We don't have those. So we our pancakes are crepes. Okay. So we don't have we never I growing up like I never had a pancake like the way you have pancakes. And then you probably were like, this is absurd because they're crazy. thick and yeah. huge. Yeah. But our pancakes were crepes. So we would have those all the time. And my mom, like, especially for Pancake Tuesday, but like some random times throughout the year would make us all uh, pancakes for yeah. dinner. And all she would do was like simple batter with like an egg, a glass of milk, a little bit of flour, like really simple, cook them off in a little bit of butter. And... um then sprinkle them. This is still my favorite to this day. Lemon juice and sugar. That's all you need. Really? All you need. Yeah, I was totally spoiled. My dad, he would get us ready for school and he's a chef and he would just, the crepes, the Nutella crepes. Yeah, Nutella crepes are good. It was just delicious. I am a big fan of a crepe. So yeah, this is something, a recipe I saw that was really interesting to me. And now that I know it's pretty foolproof, Mine, it's time consuming, but... I, I think you could do that, Gina. It's yeah. time consuming. You just have to master the crepes. Yeah. I will tell you... Trial and error. ...that the first crepe, no matter who you are, never, <laughs> it's ever bad. comes out right. Okay. Never. It's, you, you made it too thick. You made it too thin. It's a weird, funny shape. Um, so never judge yourself so off your first just crepe. Discard your first crepe and then get moving on the next ones. Okay. Your your pan was too hot or it wasn't hot enough. Right. You're just figuring stuff out. And okay. then at, once that's done, you're fine. I feel like I'm cheating a little because we have one of those like flippy crepe mater crepe makers. What is a crepe maker? Uh, it was already. like so it was my grandmother's and it was sort of like you know how now we have the waffle makers that you you put the 
the mix in and then you flip them like at hotels and stuff. Yeah. So it was sort of like that. There's just a round, I don't think it was cast iron, but it was maybe. And you basically put the mix in, you flipped it, you let it cook for like very quick and you flipped it back over and you just like popped your crepe up. It made it way easier than having to do it in a pan. No, yeah, I've was, never heard of that. Really? No, I've never heard of it. I'll this. have to take a photo. I'll, I'll show it to you. Yep. But yeah, it was my grandmother's and then she gave it to us. So made it nice and simple. Moving on to this trend. I already know what Gemma's going to think about this. But the latest trend in baking, and this article says, making a mess. Is this on TikTok? No, I just, I just found this article. It was not on TikTok. But so basically it was saying that there's this whole new generation of bakers and they're sort of throwing out the traditional cake decoration so I have a picture here that I'm showing um Gemma but they're basically just like messily decorated but they go for like people are baking these and purchasing them and they're not like your fondant toppings they're sort of like avant-garde cakes these are Mm. I just wanted to get your take on the new trend if you think it'll stick if you if you like not having the pressure of decorating I don't think that's a trend that will stick. I mean, who pays money for these cakes? This is like what, this is the kind of cake, like when I started cake decorating that I would end up making. I was like, oh, this is great. Like I can decorate a cake and it, it will be great. Apparently I am not, I'm not a great decorator. No, I have to say, I don't think this is So you would not be a fan of the messy messy decorated cake. Yeah. No. No, it's I'm, really I'm, funny because then I did a deep dive and there are several Instagram accounts oh, stop, that Gina. have these bakers who make the sort of more oh, it's crazy avant-garde decorated cake. Yeah, no, I have to not. I don't. Mm, it I seems don't like think, a lot of buttercream too, and I don't like that. Yeah, like, you know, don't think that's going to be a thing. So as this trend, Jam is not a fan of. No, I, I don't think that's take. going to last too long. I agree. I was I was interested, but I mean they're really gaining popularity. I was there's a lot of bakers who are sort of taking after this new trend. Well, I could be that baker because I'm really bad at cake decorating. I could do that. We did talk about this. Maybe yeah. I should start an Instagram for the avant-garde uh, messy, cake. and I'm, I'm going to call it avant-garde yeah. rather than messy. Yeah, it's more chic that way. Yeah. Right? Okay, that was a quick little tidbit. I just wanted to see where Gemma stood on the topic. Next, we're going to move on to hand pies. So I did a little research about this. It looked like a toaster strudel to me, which I love toaster strudels. You know, like the, the Pillsbury dough. The ones that you put in the toaster? Yeah. I grew yeah. up eating those. So yeah. that, that's what this reminded me of. Uh, have you made hand pies? Do you have... So there can be savory and sweet. These mm-hmm. ones I looked at were cherry, but then when I did a lot of research on them, they talked about how they originally were meat pies, I think, mm-hmm. with like fill, a pastry filled with meat. Uh, what is your stance on them? Do you enjoy making them or eating them? I prefer, I'll tell you, I prefer a slice of pie just okay. because um, I feel with hand pies, you end up with a lot of pastry and a little filling. Really? I would have yeah. thought it was the opposite. No, I, I always find, the ones that I make, I always find that there's not enough filling and there's loads of pastry and then they can be kind of dry. So you're making an individual pastry, like a bunch of them and then filling them. Yeah. Okay. Like fo- filling them and then folding them over or putting another piece of pastry on top. I just don't, I I, I want more. And I feel with, mm-hmm. with a slice, you get the right amount of pastry and the right amount of filling. Um. So going back to the savory ones, I'm all about the savory ones because that's, um, growing up in Ireland, you would go to your butcher and my mom used to do it on a Saturday and get, they'd make 
pies. Oh, They'd wow. have Cornish pasties or they would have pasties. like meat pies. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah. And um, it was just, it was, I don't know, it was just something you always got at your butcher and like they That's were just so really yummy. And my mom used to get like chicken and she also used to get steak and kidney, which I don't know oh, why. Oh my But we gosh. did eat it though. Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think we liked it, but I ate it. Oh, so is the pastry like a pie crust? Is it essentially the same, same thing? Or are you doing it? It is. Different? No, it's the same. Well, no, no, it depends. Um, sometimes it's puff pastry. Oh, wow. Sometimes, yeah. Sounds or delicious. a rough puff. But it, it's, it can be kind of like a flaky pastry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe not pie crust, like a flakier pastry. Okay. And uh, usually like I, fe- I find it's rolled a little bit thicker. And, um, but yeah, you, or you would get like Cornish pasties, which those are like hand pies and those are savory. When I lived in Australia, I, um, they are big into their meat pies over there. Really? Like serious stuff. And that you would just get like such an amazing Why variety. I feel like I'd never seen these before. There's a place down in Venice, an Australian place that does just pies. Meat pies, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll have to check that out. I mean, it sounds delicious. On a scale of one to ten, how difficult is this? It seems pretty involved. You have to make a good filling and a good pastry and then somehow put it all together correctly. Um, You know, it's not too difficult. It's not. Okay. Yeah. Is it like a pie? So it's not too crazy? It's like a pie, but it's just a little bit more work because you've okay. got to make individual ones. Right, right. But you get what I'm saying where it's like you have to like – you, you put it down you and do then you a fold seam. it. So yeah, so you lose space for your pie filling. That no, makes sense. So and you end up with more pastry. Yeah, I end up with more pastry and less filling. Yeah, and I that I just I just find them a little bit dry sometimes. I just thought I liked the idea of it because I'm like, oh, I could make these and eat it on the go. You know, I'm all about like a fun snack, like in the car or on the run. Yeah, yeah. So I figured, oh, you could just prep these and have like a dessert on the go, which sounds uh-huh. fun because pie, as we all know, can get a little messy. But yeah, I thought it was it was worth a, a talk because it could be a fun holiday recipe for anyone who is looking for some new ideas. Yeah, I do. So if you're a hand pie person, mm-hmm. I do have a few recipes on biggerbolderbaking.com. Oh, awesome. okay. Yeah. okay, great. So I was reading in the article that a lot of people, as you were saying from the butcher, use it for leftovers or sort of excess. And then I found this whole recipe, which is about nine genius ways to use leftover pie crust. Okay. And so I wanted to get your take. I want to read through them and see if you would take it or leave it for these leftovers. Okay. Charcuterie board crackers made from pie crust. No. No. She would leave it. She would leave it. Okay. Mini cinnamon rolls. No. Really? It's dry. Oh my God. That's not cinnamon rolls. What I find hilarious about this, I didn't even have enough pie crust to cover the top of my pie. Yeah, that often happens. How are people having excess pie crust? That was just a whole nother can of worms. Okay. Cheater breadsticks. What's that? You brush the dough with butter and sprinkle with sesame seeds. Oh, cheater. Cheater. Cheating. Oh yeah, I, I guess thought, so. I thought yeah. you meant. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. no, that's not a thing. Huh. Oh, wait a second though. Let, let me take that back. I'll tell you that when we were young, um, when my mom used to have leftover pastry, mm-hmm. we used to put cheese on it and bake <gasps> it like cheese sticks. And it was super yummy. And that was it wasn't puff pastry, but it was pie. It was like a, a savory pie crust. Do you know what I've started making? Um, homemade mozzarella sticks. I've really gotten into a homemade mozzarella stick kick. Are you serious? Oh, I'm could not be more serious. And I'll just eat like 10 for dinner. Oh my gosh, Gina. No, it's really weird. That must be like really high in sodium, is it? 
Probably. And I, it's gluten-free, so I have to do it like a whole different way where yeah. it's like, you know, but making anything with like bread and cheese. Yeah. Delicious. So I would take it, but you would take it? What are we talking about the again? Bread pastry. I, I'm not going to poo-poo that one straight away. But the pie crust pa- breadstick, it does seem a little like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, empanadas. That's okay. As long as it's a savory pie crust. Got it. Okay. Hand pies, which we know. Yes. Yes. This one really threw me for a loop. Ice cream sandwiches. No. I don't even... Bizarre. Uh, and then elephant ears. No, that's that's a dough. That's not a that's not a pastry dough. That's um, a yeasted dough, I think. Okay. So you would leave that. Wow, she's leaving a lot of leftovers, you guys. Here's the last one. Choose your own adventure cookie. So basically, you can just go crazy with it. You can cinnamon. This one says everything bagel seasoning. Which sounds bizarre. Wait a second. Go, sorry. Just make it, choose your own adventure. So oh, you just, so make whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay so now start again. So what was the first one? The last one was elephant ears. Yeah, we which said you no said to leave that. it. And then this one is choose your own adventure cookie. So would you use it for cookie dough? No. Okay. It'd be too dry. Because it's not cookies. It's pie. Chama's <laughs> not into the whole game. Sorry. But hey, no, go back to that everything bagel seasoning. That was what it was. Everything bagel seasoning on the cookie. No, on the, on the pie. Remember when we talked about uh, breadsticks down yeah, here? Yeah, we did. We did. Put some bagel that seasoning on those guys. And then you've got like a tasty snack. This is interesting. Mush that one with that one. Get out your muffin tin and cut the scraps to fill the bottom. Then right. fill with mushrooms, sauteed herbs and butter. That's not really a breadstick. That's not a breadstick. That's like a... That's a pie. A, I don't even know what that is. It's like a bread cup. Weird. Very odd. Okay, so that was it for our topics for this week. We're going to move on to our grain of salt since we're already sort of in that trend with the whole leftovers. The first one is you can never properly disinfect a wood cutting board. I'm actually very interested in this. Oh, you know, I'm not an expert on that. Um, Do you use wood cutting boards or no? I do, I do. I use... I. If I'm doing fish or meat or something, so I have plastic chopping boards okay. and I've got a big, lovely booze block. Um, I won't, I don't cut meat or fish on my booze block. I have these um, colored plastic boards that you pick up in the, in the grocery store. Right. And I use them for a few months. Um, they usually kind of wear out and I, yeah. and I dispose of them. And that's what I do my meat and my fish on. That's good. That's so, a good tip. So sort of... To kind of answer your my your question there, I guess... I, I don't know if, I don't know if you can fully, it's interesting. I've heard somebody talk about it before about cleaning, Mm -hmm. um, wooden boards. And I would just, I'm not a hundred percent sure. All I know is that I don't do raw meat or raw fish on them. So sort of separate what you're using your boards for. Yeah. And then dispose of, you know, get cheap boards that you can dispose of. That's a really Um, good tip. But I love, I do love my wooden boards, but I just don't use them for those kinds of ingredients. That's good. I have one cutting board that I use for everything. Do you really? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> but I clean it. I mean, I, I definitely always clean it, but I, I often wonder, am I really cleaning it? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I would say, especially when it comes to garlic and stuff. Love get- garlic. I eat garlic raw, like a clove. Would you really? Oh, I do it all the time. It's great for your immune system. You just swallow the clove of garlic. You chew it and then swallow it? Or you swallow it? If you this? chew it, it is awful. It is intense and like spicy so and hot. So you swallow a clove of yeah, garlic? Yeah, or like I'll cut, I'll cut it a little smaller and yeah, I'll swallow it or two, cut it into two. I was doing it a lot for the past like couple months because it's really great for your immune system. Hmm, interesting. 
but then you have garlic breath for a long time. So yeah, I don't that's recommend. That's true. <laughs> but okay, our next one is stale bread has lost its moisture. Yeah, of course. Which yeah. I was like, because yeah, it's, de- it's stale. Dried. <laughs> yeah, but is that a question? It was one of our grains of salt. Okay. Um, our next one, which I didn't really understand at first, but so this is referring to sinking in pies or a pastry. A dusting of flour keeps berries from sinking. Yes. Why? What is it? Why? I don't know the answer <laughs> to that question. Does. No, but it's a really good, it's a great question. And usually, so when you make a lot of, say for instance, you're making fruit cakes like I do at Christmas mm-hmm. time, and a lot of people do um, for traditional cakes. Right. You would often toss, like maybe your cherries or something like that, you would cho- toss those in flour so they wouldn't sink to the bottom of your cake then also like so some raisins I think it's to do with the batter I think it's to do with the batter but say okay. for instance like it's a, if it's a thinner batter yeah they're more likely to sink if you toss them in flour they won't sink huh. it's a thing like I, I I learned this years and years ago I think when I was training to be a chef I learned this but um when you do blueberry muffins, right? You know when you cut open a muffin and all the bottom, all, of, all them of them are at the bottom. Yes, that's why. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's a great. They tip. were heavier than the basher, and they all sunk. They all so sunk. if you if you just even if they're frozen fresh or whatever they are, okay, um, roll them and just dust them with some uh, flour, yeah, and then and then fold them into your basher. I had no idea. That is so yeah. helpful and really good to know. That wrapped up our grain, grain of salt for this week. Next, we're going to jump on into our Ask Gemma. We have two. This one is from Insta Elaine. How to adapt for different pan of servings. So I'm guessing when the you have a larger pan, maybe, for serving size? Yeah. Um, like, to multi- like to multiply? How to adapt for a different pan of servings. Yeah, so I guess, like, how do you cut it in half or how do you multiply it? Do you truly just cut the measurements in half or double them yeah I would say that's probably the easiest way is to cut your measurements or double okay um but just be careful because not everything takes to to halving or to doubling okay um you know some recipes can be a little bit finnier more finicky than others right um but I would say always do like follow say for instance um if your pan if your recipe says eight by eight then you know, use an eight by eight. If you wanted to do, sorry, say brownies. I, I, I didn't say brownies there. If you wanted to do eight by eight brownies, do them in that pan. I wouldn't take a brownie batter that is for an eight by eight pan and push it in a nine by 13. <laughs> Gina, you're looking at me like you've done that a million times. All the time. I once did it in a, a banana bread loaf pan because I didn't have you did brownies and banana bread loaf pan. Cake pan, banana bread, anything I have. I love brownies. Yeah. It never turns out well, though. You're yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, this all comes down to then, then your, your cooking time is off. Always. Yeah. So I never know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. So do like all of these things like add up to the sum of a, you know, a good baked good. So like all of these things have to be followed. So you end up with like the perfect fudgy brownies in the middle. Okay, Gina. Good to know. I'm taking mental notes here, guys. This next one, I did not plan this. This is funny. People love sourdough. It's from Heart of the Hail. I'd love to know the best practices for integrating sourdough starter into recipes, which we actually talked about in last week's episode. People love sourdough. Yeah, Tiam. 
So how do you integrate sourdough starter into your recipes? You know, I have only done this. I've, I've done it a handful of times. I'm not an expert at it, but honestly, um, when I have my discard after I feed my starter and I use it to make bread, I will take a little bit of the discard and I'll mix it into uh, pancake batters, cookie doughs. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I put it into. Uh, we talked about banana bread. Banana bread last week, yeah. Yeah. Sounds um, delicious. Because it still has all the flavor that you uh, that your sourdough would have. What is the um, advantage of using it? Is flavor. it texture, flavor, both? So uh, some people also um, say that I think it keeps, is that just for bread? It keeps uh, food fresher. I think that might be just be for bread. Okay. okay. But it keeps it softer for longer. Right, right. When you make when you make a sourdough, or if you add sourdough discard into a loaf of bread, it keeps it softer for longer. A lot of it's a lot of it's flavor. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, good to know. And um, as we have all talked about last week, we really want to see a photo of Gemma's sourdough yeah, starter. Yeah, Bready Vedder. Is that it has a name? Yeah. What? Bready Vedder. Where did that come from? Eddie Vedder, because Kevin loves Pearl Jam. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Um, but he's in the fridge right now and he's very sad. <laughs> He'll get there, guys. 2022 is his year. I already know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So that is all we have. Uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Gina Brazau and Gemma. Gemma underscore Stafford at, uh, on Instagram. And then, as always, Bigger Boulder Baking um, on all social media. And don't forget to follow us on uh, our at, on or at. At, at, at need to know on Instagram and also check out the academy which Gemma mentioned at the beginning of this week's episode lots of fun stuff over there Um, as always we'll talk to you guys next week thanks for listening thank you Gina